Welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It's the second week of our Summer Games Fest coverage where we look at the main show's announcements and trailers, as well as new looks at games from Devolver's marketing countdown to marketing. Of course, we're also getting hyped about new additions to Resident Evil Village, like the long-awaited third-person mode. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. deck of cards here, Robert. I'm gonna shuffle them, okay? I'm gonna shuffle these these cards. What kind of cards? We're talking oh. Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon, what, what kind of cards are we talking here? Let's just say they're special cards, and I'm shuffling. I'm gonna make sure I, you know, split the deck in half and do the little, you know, thing where you shuffle the, the halves into each other. I'm shuffling, okay? How you doing, Robert? Alright, same old, same old. How have you been? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Just here shuffling this deck of cards. Alright, I'm gonna set it down on my desk here. And now I'm going to draw a card. Ooh. Ooh. Vex on the field, baby. Oh. They're not even cards. They're coins. I thought I could turn them into cards. <laughs> and I say, Vex on the field, baby. I say, Cabal's on the field. Hive on the field. Bring a sword. Oh, what's the worst? Actually, what is the worst to fight against? To fight against? Or, yeah, like, worst like- design-wise? We could go design or fight against. Design-wise is, like, what? I almost feel like the Fallen is the most, like, generic of the Destiny enemy designs, but I'm hesitant to say I don't like fighting the Scorn at all because they're just everywhere in the Witch Queen expansion, and I'm just so sick of them, so I'm going to say Scorn. Scorn on the field! (laughs) I I probably agree with that. I, I I think that probably sums up how we feel about most of them, but I wonder... I wonder if there'll be a random... I imagine if some, you know, whatever happened to those rumors that was just like, I was playing a game of Gambit, and out of nowhere, he said, Guardians on the field, and it was alter egos of us. It was a weird game. You remember those date back in the day, like, Tales? I wish I wish those Tales from Destiny? <laughs> yeah, like those, like... Like Tales <laughs> from the Borderlands, except it's Tales from the Tower or something? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, those would be really funny. I, I wish those rumors, like, like... Like, the whole, like, GTA, San Andreas, Bigfoot. I wish those stories still exist. Like, I was oh. playing a haunted Well, wasn't there coffee. a UFO in a Red Dead 2? This was, like, straight up confirmed? Yeah. Well, those are confirmed. Okay. I'm thinking, like, I like stories that you know that aren't real, but, like, oh, there's so much like, people Like the classic playground it. rumors. Yeah, I wish You're it was, like, you in the truck and everything. I was saying, like, imagine it's, like, I was playing Destiny, and he said, Guardians on the field. And it's just, like... All like just all like playable characters just going at it is that would have been funny if someone made up a rumor like that. Wink, wink. Rumor. I got three words for you then. I got three words for you then. Cabal on the field. <laughs> That's real. Cabal. Actually, real. the cabal have grown on me so much since like the 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 callous versions, the gold versions, like the red army uh, cabal were like fine and everything, but like the gold ones are where it's at. Top level destiny enemy design. <laughs> I just had it on my mind. I've been running that season. I hit level 75 right before we hopped on. Turning oh, in daily bounties oh, at yeah, reset. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, dude. I've been going, min-maxing everything to finish this pass as quickly as possible so I don't have to keep locking ham. it. You're going ham on it. Yes. Yes. But 
we can't talk about Destiny the whole podcast. As a matter of fact, I'm sure neither of us want to do that. This 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 Summer Games Fest, we're in the middle of that. Um, here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure, where yes, we've got conferences to cover today, as usual. My name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. I've asked you this once before on this episode, but for consistency's sake, I will ask it again. How are you? Same old, same old. Have you been? I'm gonna say I've been good, but I've also been very overwhelmed because the new PlayStation Plus launched yesterday and there's so much good stuff on there that I just am having some trouble trying to figure out what to kind of go for first here. (laughs) I mean, there's there's a bunch of good stuff. I mean, I've only had an upgrade for like it was like 27 bucks. Yeah, and like, they, they prorated it for the duration of the subscription you currently have yeah. instead of starting it over. So mine was like 32. Very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was it, it was good on mine. And then like, because I was like, man, uh, Tekken 2, uh, the, the sequel to, to the South Park uh, series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, what, what other game I was trying out? Oh, Miles Morales. I finally get to play that now. Oh, it's such a good game. We need to do a Miles Morales special at some point. Now that you, it could be it. done. I I um started Siphon Filter, classic PS One game. I I'm using some modern conveniences that are you know like the rewind feature to kind of help me with that because that's kind of what I do with a lot of these classic games. Um, but I'm also I started Gravity Rush Remastered because I'd only played the second mm-hmm. one and I thought it was like fine, but I've always wanted to play the first one. Um, and I think the one of the bigger ones for me is. Through, like, flawless streaming, as far as I can tell, I've not experienced the old, like, PS Now input lag. Um, Third Strike Online, beat Gil in arcade mode, first time ever in Third Strike. It's, like, the the streaming is pretty perfect. <laughs> it's one of those things where I feel like, I'm trying not to say much because I know we're going to talk hours upon the new yeah. plus service, but we have a whole show to do. Yeah. <laughs> we have an entire show to get through. But there's no way we can get through yeah. to the to the conferences Without first mentioning something that uh, I forgot to mention last week from the Sonic Central. Mm-hmm. And then we have one other n- smaller news story. G Fuel? I've never had G Fuel. I've had it. But I kind of want some now that there's Knuckles flavor. Now, I've had the Sonic one, I think. I think, I think there was a Sonic one. No, oh, yeah, in the uh, cans, right? It was, it was Crash. It was cans of G Fuel? It was Crash. That's who I had. Oh, it was Crash G Fuel. I didn't know they had that. Come on, Knuckles G Fuel, though? I need to find that The one. main man Knuckles? I'm excited for some Knuckles. Like, I'm hesitant to drink an energy drink, but, like, Knuckles might drive me to be like, oh, God, I gotta I mean, have some of this. It's like, I think it's like, I'm trying to think how much caffeine is in it. I think it's like 300 grams of caffeine. That sounds like a lot. Right, let me let me, let me let me make sure that's re- how much caffeine G Fuel has. I gotta say, that might have been the biggest announcement from the Sonic Central. So, oh, it's on me that I completely skipped no. over that last week. <laughs> it's it's 100, 140, 150 milligrams of, uh, of pure uh, per serving. So, it's not a lot. It's actually not a lot. It's not a lot of caffeine. Maybe numbers over 100 just scare me when it comes to things like caffeine or like sugar or salt Dude, or something Dude, you drink like that. coffee. But that's besides the point. You drink coffee. I do drink you coffee. Drink, <laughs> you drink more coffee than anyone I know. That's true. I'm drinking coffee right now. <laughs> exactly. So, it's just like you drink more coffee than anyone I know. So... I think 140 milligrams should be fine. That's just an energy drink, I guess. Although it, it might be a, I don't know, I've not drank an energy drink in, in many, many years. But that's that's, an, that's a whole other story. I'm True. sure the energy drink podcast will pick up on that one. Uh, PC news. We don't have much of that here. But I thought this one was very pertinent for this show. Um, Deadly Premonition 2, a game we had a special of way, way back in the first couple of months of this podcast's mm-hmm. existence. 
um, has gotten a PC release. And it's been reported that people have been able to get this port of Deadly Premonition 2 for the PC to run at 60 to even 120 frames per second. To which I say, Robert, are they really getting the true Deadly Premonition 2 experience if no. the game is not running at 2 to like 15 frames per second at all times? No, that's not that's not the true experience. You gotta at least have it running the minimal 1 frame per second. At max, like 15. At max. or Or even... I'm hesitant to say even Switch owners of Deadly Premonition 2 at this point are not getting the true experience because it uh, they had a patch pretty early on. Mm-hmm. But before the patch, when I had played the game, when you skateboarded, the sound of the skateboard wheels on the concrete and on the grass, yes, on the grass where they sounded no differently, was louder than anything else in the game. So you literally could not hear uh, York <laughs> using or, or whistling over the sounds of skateboard wheels on streets. So I'm hesitant to say even Switch players at this point aren't getting the true experience. It, it makes you question what's the true version of a, of a game because it's like, yeah, it runs at a high frame rate, but is that, tr- is that the real experience of Deadly Premonition? I know. It's like Blade Runner being edited 50 different ways. Oh, it's man. Like, only the true Deadly Premonition 2 is the, your day one pre-patched. Anyway, with all that out of the way, we are talking about Jeff's Summer Games uh, Showcase, Jeff Keighley, uh, Devolver Digital's Marketing Countdown to Marketing, and the Capcom 2022 uh, Showcase. So um, we're just going to go ahead and do these in the order in which they aired. And as at this point, there's not been a Nintendo Direct announced, so Summer Games Fest coverage should more or less be kind of calming down after this, mm-hmm. but there's always the chance for another Nintendo Direct to pop up eventually, another State of Play or PlayStation Showcase, but for right now, we are going to start with uh, Summer Games Fest. Now, I remember there being like 30 or something games at some of these. We're not going to touch on all of them, but we're going to choose the ones that I felt we had some kind of reaction to there's a lot of say isometric games like we're, we're going to talk about one of them that's there, there's certain genres where we're like yes we we don't have much to say about this game or maybe like metroidvania type games stuff like that that, that we're just going to leave off from mm-hmm. or you know some kind of rts's we i don't think either of us have too big an opinion on rts aside from we really don't like them so we're not going to talk about that rts that they showed at a summer games fest or the xbox conference yeah but we'll start big uh, Summer Games Fest started with a character reveal for Guile for Street Fighter VI. Now, Guile's looking really cool, and this kind of goes along with a nice weekend full of like amazing Street Fighter VI gameplay showcases, character select screens, mm-hmm. just all kinds of characters is coming out of this game. Um, it is good to see Guile back, and not as DLC this time. It was DLC. I forgot about that. But I mean, yeah, I believe he was the second dlc ever for sfv i mean hopefully what i at least want from this one at least character and design wise i really want some some new characters some some returning characters i i, I really enjoyed street fighter 5 for doing that that's why i really hope they continue with bring back obviously fan favorites but also bring in new people because obviously this takes place way after like three i think it's a couple years after three so now these are like characters Pretty much at, at, at their end point. I think Ryu only has a couple more years of being the main character. Someone has to somewhat, quote-unquote, step in. This is like what? Ryu's like what? Like 50? He's like, he's old. He's old at this he point. He might even be older than that. Yeah. Like, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Luke 
like the main character of this one even though they're kind of like focusing more on ryu now it seems but it does seem like at some point they had said that luke was going to be the main character of street fighter 6 so maybe like ryu is like the grandmaster to aspire to or something yeah it's like hopefully they eventually do that and guile being i mean his his design's cool i don't think this could be the final like uh, one with all the original like Street Fighter cast. Honestly. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, they kind of nuked the cast for Street Fighter Three originally, so the the fact that they're bringing back fan favorites is like, yes, they understand that like people want to see characters like Ryu, Chun Li, and even Guile. Right, but that's how you win them over. You win them over by introducing old cast, new cast. But the, besides the point is, you know, I I, I dig Guile's design. It, it, it I enjoy it. Hopefully, you know, six. They gave has, him eyebrows. Yeah, they gave him. Oh, they did give him eyebrows. And then they added the whole. Uh, was it the uh the gameplay where they had the AI commentary during the middle of the fight? Oh yeah, there was a lot of like Capcom was not shy about letting people show off the game this weekend. Um, a lot of popular streamers maximilian dude he was showing off gameplay i know sejam was like giving some commentary on twitter about how how the game played and everything it does seem like there's a lot of new mechanics at play with the drive rush system or whatever Mm. it's called um but i feel like everything is being presented in a more accessible way and definitely a more stylish way than we've ever seen from the series yeah so you know pretty big hype i mean it's uh when did five come out that five came out like early like five came out in february 2016 Okay, so, so middle this year would have been the sixth anniversary. Middle of the PS4 uh, generation. So yeah, it's 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 about time. I think it's enough time has passed for a new one. Yeah. So obviously the the team at Street Fighter Six has been very communicative with with everybody on Twitter and everything. There's not going to be too much news for a while. They said they're not going to have a lot to show for a while, but I'm assuming we'll get trailers for characters at every big fighting game event. So. Uh, definitely SF6 will be in the news cycle for a long time considering it's not even halfway through 2022. This game will not do well until next year. Yeah. Next up, uh, a game that is Aliens, but isometric co-op shooter, Aliens Dark Descent. Obviously, isometric co-op shooters are not either of our favorite genre. No, they're not. Um, but I thought th- I thought this would be a nice pertinent segue to talk about how our, our good friend Aliens Fireteam Elite is getting some DLC. And this was announced at the IGN showcase that they did. Um, it's getting a content paid expansion, I guess. It's going to have a new um, campaign of three levels and a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it, but like I'm kind of excited that they're finally bringing new content to the to the main mode. Yeah. But is it too late? <laughs> I don't think it's too late. I don't because when we played it, it was pretty good time after, and I think most people would have been done playing it. But we still found people to play with. Yeah, we did find some people. I I can't remember if I heard correctly, but I'm hearing that it might have crossplay, so that would help that definitely. Would definitely help. So I am looking forward to this. I'm I'm hoping it's not any more than fifteen dollars because I don't think you know three levels they should charge more than that. But yeah, we'll have to agreed. see. It depends on how much they're valuing the extra cosmetics and weapons at. Um, so we'll, but we'll go. From they there. went from that um, alien game to the other alien game, but for this alien game, uh probably not gonna do this one because just because the, the gameplay is just i don't i don't really dig it it's just not me i feel like if you made it aliens but diablo it would be cool but if this is just like a straight up like fire team elite but isometric then it's like just play fire team elite i guess like there's got to be some kind of looter shooter element to to the whole um isometric one if if they want it to be like engaging for at least me but i i, I will say i'm more excited for the for the DLC for for Fire Team. 
No, yeah, I, I definitely. I, maybe it's an, like just giving people options, but I'm already gonna stick to what I already have. I guess that's just kind of the way I take it. It's just I'm just sticking what I already got. Uh, in keeping with that nice space theme they have going on, survival horror space games at, at this year's Summer Games uh, Fest, they had new gameplay of Callisto Protocol. This is the quote unquote quadruple A game coming out this December. A survival horror space nightmare. They showed some interesting gameplay, but it's also dreary to me. Mm-hmm. Like there, like it. I, I will not say it doesn't look like a like an interesting game or like m- the graphics are big and everything, but like something about it just strikes me as very dreary and unappealing. Yeah, uh, not to bring the game down, but for them to really hype it as this like quadruple a game i don't see anything that makes it look less than any other like triple a game we've had the past couple years i mean look at games like ghost and even like red dead that's that's a triple a game it's just like it's one in the same yeah maybe maybe physically seeing running on your console seeing what it can do might change it but from from anything it just lo- looks like the same old same old but i mean it is a spiritual sequel to a franchise i think most people really do want i think people really crave that it does seem like it's in good hands yeah it's like it's not that i believe the game will be terrible but this like marketing of it being a quadruple a game just doesn't feel real it just feels like a fake idea like oh quadruple a is like is that even a real thing like it just it feels like a, a fathom of just something it feels fake and like an illusion like what's the difference between that and this it, it feels like it's becoming another piece in a genre that like started popping up out of nowhere and is now starting to stagnate already quicker than even battle royale as far as i can see or you know a, a co-op shooters like these space games there was like five or six of them at the summer games fest yeah, we'll we'll see what what they do with these. I I think space has always been popular. It's always been a, a big you know t- going to the last frontier space, but more more than ever, it's a bunch of like just space stuff out of nowhere, yeah. and it it could oversaturate. We, we'll see because what what was a couple years ago? I mean, a couple of years ago was very, very modern stuff. I, to say the least, just kind of like in the couple in years the ago is when I think the co-op shooter started. Yeah, like thinking, either co-op shooter oversaturation or asymmetric multiplayer where you've got your friday the 13th the game or mm-hmm. you're dead by daylight um now there's evil dead which we haven't talked about yet on here but i do have some thoughts because i have been playing that quite a bit um but yeah that's kind of like these genres are all starting to pile up on each other and then you have to go back and you have to look at like which one did it best it's like yeah. live service games they'll have to go back and look at destiny because to, uh, with all the live service games I've played, it's like they're the ones that are updating their game every week with plot and, and all this stuff. Whereas something like Avengers, it's like we almost haven't heard from them in ages. They're only going to start releasing a character. We haven't seen a trailer for it or anything, but that's yeah, that's, that's a whole other... There's a whole other topic. But for this one, I, I don't think it's going to be a terrible game, but we'll see if it lives up to the hype. Like I said, it's not going to be a terrible game. It, it definitely looks like a good game, mm-hmm. but I'm like, it's it's the tone of it that that's not grabbing me. It's, it's a little dreary. Marvel's Midnight Suns was shown only with a CG trailer. Now, this does confirm that, like, Spider-Man, Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch, Hulk are in the game. Venom. Venom's in the game. Mm-hmm. They've got some new designs for the characters. They look really cool. But I feel like they're kind of not having these trailers come across that this is an XCOM-style strategy game mm-hmm. with a card mechanics. 
And I'm feeling like if this is coming out in October, then they're going to need to start emphasizing that in the trailer because people are going to look at this really dope trailer for this and say, oh, this is going to be some kind of like Ultimate Alliance type thing. It's like, no, the trailers look good. I'm excited for the game and to get into an XCOM style game mm -hmm. just because the it like the gameplay mechanics intrigue me. But like, that's not what I got from the trailer. No, it's, it's nobody's gonna get that from the trailer. <laughs> a classic, one of those, just like just market what your game actually is because there's gonna be somebody. It always happens. There's somebody out there that's gonna look at that and is gonna. I, I'm telling you, they hold. They believe this is a type of open world game like the Spider-Man game with all these super. They believe that this is gonna happen with this game, and they don't understand what type of game it really is. And they're not gonna look into it, and they'll get it, and it's not what they expected, and they're gonna complain about it. If you just market your game yeah. and say what it is, people who are a fan of that genre will get it, because it's just like, yeah, it's that genre, it's this character's, I'll get it. You can't just, like, you can't just expect people to really be like, well, we, we said it was on, on an article that most people won't even read. You have to really you know tell it in the trailer because most people will see the trailer and expect it to be a certain way. Like, let's say a game like, uh, like, like let's say like Cyberpunk, how most people thought it was like an open world game, which it is, but not in the, in the vein of like a open world like GTA. It's more of a Fallout style RPG. Yeah. With dialogue trees exactly. and character customization. It's more of a tabletop game than it is your Call of Duty type yeah. game in an open world. It's one of those, like a Doom. It's one of those, if you if you give people the wrong impression, it'll do more damage because then they feel like they've been lied to. Even though you had no reason to lie to them and you didn't, but just because they may have interpreted the wrong way, they're thinking that, oh, they lied to me. They said it, it was going to be like this type of game. It's not, and now I'm angry at it. Which, you know, they could easily fix that with just showing gameplay of the actual game or just saying what type of game it is because you know they didn't in that trailer or the first one exactly. like the only way i know where that game is about is because i've read articles on say kotaku or ign where they're saying yes this is an XCOM style strategy game with card based mechanics it's like okay exactly. so these trailers need to show this if this game's coming out in four months they've got to start emphasizing it's that. Too, yeah it's too close for them not to emphasize what type of game it is i'm telling especially you especially with a hundred dollar special edition some some guy or some kid out there believes this is a is a different type of game and it's not and they're gonna be upset if they buy it and it's not what they expected you know what i wish was a different type of game gotham knights gotham knights i wish this was not a co-op like thing mm -hmm. almost live servicey in its presentation because this is taking place presumably in the arkham world um definitely not made by rocksteady because they're working on suicide squad which i have more faith in as mm -hmm. like the live service thing or whatever they're going for with that but gotham knights has continued to not be impressive to me and also continue to make me wish that it was a single player like more story driven game mm -hmm. than it is um we won't dwell on it too long but i think every time that game comes up i'm like i gotta give it its due it was the first game i think we ever talked about in the news so <laughs> <laughs> i just like for consistency's just, sake just, yeah we've we've i think most games we pass on we really don't talk much about it. there's no point of dwelling on it because i know i'm not probably going to pick this one up no i i've i've automatically said that that the last gameplay kind of turned me off from it. it i i know what type of game this mm -hmm. is i know how it's going to play and i just i'm sick of that i'm sick of it mm -hmm. so what i am gonna play and i will have played it by the time this podcast uh, episode even goes up is shredder's revenge mm -hmm. which they revealed casey jones as the seventh playable character 
along with the Turtles, April O'Neil, and Splinter, as well as a six-player online and offline co-op mode. Um, I've never seen six-player in a beat-em-up, so that's kind of, like, chaotically exciting. To I feel like I have. I feel like there's a game that has done six-player beat-em-up. But I there might, might be have tripping. Been. I, might, I might be tripping. This game, hands down, looks like one of the most, like, lovingly crafted mm-hmm. beat-em-ups I've ever seen. Um, it is a shame there's no, you know, PS5 or Series X version of it. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely something that I'm going to, like, keep in the rotation for a while. But but why even have a version if it's just going to still be the same game, just on a different, quote-unquote, like, new version of a console? I believe this well, game Well, I was thinking the for the box art, because Cowabunga Collection's getting a PS5 version. So now when they're on my shelf, it's going to look weird. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true, but it's all the same. I mean, it's, it's the only yeah. thing that's different is just the the five and the white. It didn't really change the the outside box. Yeah. It's all pretty much the same. As we know, this is from the team that brought us Streets of Rage Four, so you know the beat 'em up will be strong with this one. It's a very good team you got going there at uh, Dotty Moo and I think Tribute Games. So expect thoughts on that next episode, definitely. Um, if, if I get it and, and, and you don't, we could always um, share play. Mm-hmm. It's always worked. Anyway, Saints Row Boss Factory demo. They have released a demo with which lets you try out the character creation in the game. They showed a little trailer with it. Um, Saints Row has always been a series that's very stylish. I'm not sure if I'm planning on getting this one at launch, but they do have Saints Row the Third remastered on PS Plus for the PS5, mm-hmm. I want to say. So I'm definitely going to try that out because I played 4. And 4 is kind of like different in that it just turns into Infamous and it's basically superpowers the whole time, whereas 3 kind of stayed more grounded. Yeah, it's... I think ones people mostly talk about of any of... Like, you know, there's certain ones that people talk about. a certain franchise, there's ones that people talk about. I believe 2 and 3 are the ones that most people talk about in that series. So if you're going to try out any of them, I think those... Because 2 is also on the on the plus. Yeah, it's through streaming on PS3, I believe. But 2 was more or less like, yeah, Saints Row 1 and 2 are more like kind of like funny versions of GTA or like parodies of GTA, Mm -hmm. whereas 3 kind of seems like it's its own thing. And then 4 is like, you know what's really popular right now? Superhero games. So let's just be infamous Mm -hmm. and leap across buildings (laughs) and do, you know, ragdoll challenges. But I will say this about the Boss Factory demo. I've not played it, but everything does look very stylish and I'm glad to see that they're embracing kind of the zaniness of the series um, even further. Mm-hmm. And even in this kind of like more serious looking Saints Row than, you know, three or four. Cuphead showed some new DLC gameplay fighting against one of the new bosses using Miss Chalice. It looked like she has a double jump. I can't remember if I read I that early on in the... She has a double she jump, a du- right? Also, before we continue, what what's the full title of this? The Delicious Last Course, See, a.k.a. the DLC. I did not know that. It did not hit me until after they, they said it. They pointed it out. I was like, it does say <laughs> DLC. I did not notice that. It was just a it does in fact really funny DLC. thing that I think is really funny. Because it's just like, how did I not see that? Yeah. Um, this comes out at the end of June. And yeah. I think I read from the Studio MDHR that it's only going to be 8 bucks. So if you're looking to upgrade your Cuphead game, eight bucks seems like That's a, a good pretty deal. sweet deal when you're getting like probably five new bosses and maybe a couple new platforming stages. I don't know. It's deal. a whole other aisle. So That's soon. Smaller things we got here. Neon White, a first person shooter speed running card thing, uh, is launching the same day as Ninja Turtles. So that'll be out by the time this comes out. I may have thoughts for that pretty soon. Flashback 2. 
Now, I've never even heard of Flashback, but this is a game that I think would interest you on the basis that it's literally like the same gameplay as Another World or the original Prince of Persia, but they mm. didn't really show much from it. It didn't. I think I saw a glimpse of it, and it has more of a Prince of Persia mechanic than an out of this maybe it might be a mixture of both i did try eternal castle it was pretty good i think it's pretty short you can beat it pretty easy mm -hmm. even for not knowing like because like usually games like that there are they are pretty easy to beat but once you've played it like for a certain amount of time and you kind of understand the level layout but this one just seems like eternal castle was easy this one hopefully is more of a trial and error where you really have to give it a couple more runs before you really get a grasp of the whole like level you know, design and you kind of get through it pretty easy. We also had Routine, another survival horror space game, except this time with robots. I will say of all the survival horror space games that we've seen the Summer Games Fest, and it's been like six or seven, <laughs> um, this one looked the coolest, even though this was the one they showed the least of. Goat Simulator 3? Question. So both of us were like, is this the joke? Where is Goat Simulator 2? Because I've played Goat Simulator. And then I'm like, did they even make a second one? I said, no, I said, and then, there is no sequel. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I looked it up and sure, sure enough. <laughs> it's how I say. It's one of those things where I I knew it was the joke because I I was like they did not make a sequel. I would remember them making a sequel. But two, it's also just like you have to now say as Goat Sim Three with like with a two on the side. Like it's technically the sequel. It's one of those uh two in parentheses. There's there's something that that's named, but there's like there's nothing. I'm trying to remember. Probably one of the Kingdom Hearts games. Probably it's probably like. There's, there's technically supposed to be something 2.8 yeah 0.5.4.2 where it's three five eight days over two yeah gotta carry the two over the three something, something like that. i don't know but anyways goat simulator quote-unquote three which is i think it's pretty funny best part of the trailer though that dead island two fake out i thought it was that island two for a second and so I did i like, that's the first thing i said <laughs> i said this is not what they're gonna make it now i said this is has to be a, a joke game warhammer 40k dark tide looked really good actually this is that first person oh, shooter yeah. in the in the warhammer universe I like i was baffled like i was like man like i'm not into the whole warhammer mm -hmm. thing but this looked like legit this looked like a pretty good version of doom in the the warhammer universe i was like okay you got my attention with this one as an fps game that's pretty good, yeah. I mean, it, I think yeah, it really does show how interesting it really is. If I think both of us weren't as interested, but now it's just sort of like, hmm, like, actually, you know, this one actually really interests us to really even try it. I don't know if I would get it Yeah, still. usually with Warhammer, you get, like, a strategy game or something like that. Hopefully it comes, hopefully with the new Plus service, a bunch of these, like, games that most people wouldn't give a try go on there, because I really think it would benefit them. I mean, there's some Warhammer games, um, not 40K, but, like, like the knights whatever warhammer uh, on psn uh, ps plus right now so like there's always a chance i guess for something like this to come to to plus mm -hmm. then they have a demo for middle hellsinger which is a rhythm based shooter we've talked about one on this podcast before that i've played called bullets per minute um it's a genre that is definitely not for everybody but if you have the capacity to keep up with the rhythm of a song while you're also moving around reloading a gun mm. playing a game um, then this is definitely a, a game to maybe like have on your radar. Um, it's good that for something like this, that's very experimental, that they have a demo for it. So people know, like, mm -hmm. can I coordinate music and gameplay at the same time? I kind of wish BPM had a demo. <laughs> they really don't do demos anymore, which really kind of, you know, that really bites because sort of like 
someone could that could either sell somebody or not sell somebody but at least it gives the consumer the option to really be like eh i know maybe i won't get it or you know what i am gonna get it because now the demo sold me because i i feel more demo sell people than than turn turn them away or or if you have a demo because there still are some make it a good one because i remember like near had a demo near automata and it was like the very beginning of the game and i think that was the weakest part of that that game mm-hmm. although i have other opinions about that game i, th- I think the beginning was the weakest <laughs> it's like maybe give an example of like a really nice action sequence in something instead of the prologue tutorial mm-hmm. thing you get what i'm saying uh summer games fest had a few other announcements but it ended with uh neil Druckmann coming out to announce something that was actually leaked earlier that day that was last of us part one a rebuilt from the ground up version of last of us the first one for ps5 the graphics comparisons are out there yes like the clickers look way better and everything mm-hmm. and um the gameplay has been refined to modern standards probably more in line with the second game but i still can't bring myself to care because even though last of us part one had a great story i'm still soured by just how frustrating of an experience it was to play the game for me at least i played the original i enjoyed it i really did enjoy it what i'm not happy about you know this is just how i feel about it is the game's not that old Yes, you know, ten- third generation. Yeah. It's it's joining Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto Five as being on three generations straight. Although, yeah. admittedly, this one seems to have the most work done on it, being rebuilt from the ground up. But that doesn't change the fact that the game's not only nine and something years old, like nine years old. Yeah, I believe you know what they you know what they say for something to be nostalgic and for people to want it, it's every twenty years. Like every twenty years, it, it, you know, something nostalgic. Like I think two thousand ten was like sort of the the 80s like the 2000s and like 80s and 90s now we're in that era where it's the y2k era it's the 2000s so games that were released during that time frame aka ps2 era and even like 360 era which still kind of is like last of us but you gotta recall last of us came out at the very end of like the ps3 this is where it should have just been a ps4 game it it, it could have yeah. just been and it like, was like two years yeah, later it could have just been released on ps4 and it did but we're talking like i'm saying you gotta hit that ps2 era the between 2000 and like 2006 that's where most people would want those really you know amazing games that people remember to be remastered and for something like this to be remastered it's like oh well it's remastered but i've played it it's the same story throughout because you take something like destroying humans where it is the same story but since they throw a modern spin on it which it will make a major difference and add way better controls it is a much more like justifiable remake than like last of us part one quote unquote you know what i mean because yeah. it's just like that game is stuck in the ps2 but now you bring it to the ps5 generation ps4 generation now it's a modern game now it, it has new life to it compared to a game that st- i will arguably still say that people will still play the ps3 version no matter what because that still has life in it because the ps4 version I, I i still think sells the ps4 version is backwards compatible yeah. too on a ps5 people would have is still it not on plus one. collection too or am I, I think wrong it is. That? It is on Plus Collection. Oh, that's where, so it's kind of like... <laughs> that's because like, that's like, I think that the remake nostalgia is for those PS2 games, not for something that's released in 2013. Like, that game was released very, yeah. like, 
like I said, like almost ten years. Not ago. even ten years ago. Yeah, it just hit its ninth anniversary, like last month. Exactly. So I remember because I went to a midnight launch to get <laughs> Last of Us. I was very excited for that game until I played it, and then I'm like, oh no, the, the story it. is good, but man. <laughs> Um, I, I, I gotta say, this is why I love things like Death Stranding. It has a great story, and it has very good experimental gameplay. Whereas Last of Us had a great story, but the gameplay was just like... I don't know how many times I had to move some kind of wooden board on the water for somebody to stand up on, but I know it was at least ten times too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I don't think that'll be... I don't think stuff like that'll be gone in the in the remake no build it from the ground up if you're going to change the whole game then you have to take out certain elements like the jokes they make about that in the game i'm like if you can make a joke about it why are you i mean i don't know all i'm saying is i'm looking at uh i'm looking at you disney come on give us haunted mansion remastered i would want that please i'm asking please kindly please i would want disney. that re- i would want that remastered hey robert ask sega Ask Sega. Sega? I can't see that. They won't show me what it looks like. Oh, we're gonna have a lot to say about Sega here pretty soon. Pretty soon. <laughs> we'll 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 get to that, but I, I'm letting you know there's I was yeah. gonna say there's 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 some games I think people would want remastered more than ever, but that's that's a whole segment we just went through. Let's just continue on with the show. Devolver Digital's marketing countdown to marketing. A classic Devolver E3 showcase where it's basically a lost Adult Swim show come to life. Um, this year it was all about how people really like countdowns. Mm-hmm. So they've like tackled loot boxes and all that stuff. Um, now it's like, oh, people love countdowns. I don't even care what's at the end of it. They just like countdown. You know what? I liked this special. It was a good one. Because they gave us an August 11th release date for Cult of the Lamb with a beautifully animated brand new trailer. I can't wait for this game, Robert. It's one of those where it was like, finally, they actually gave a release date. And they they, they added more gameplay to show people. I think they weren't sold enough. This will sell them more. I'm almost hesitant to say that this is in one of those genres I might not like. But I don't care. I just need to have this game. Something about yeah. this game is calling to me. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that statement. I do agree. It's just like, it may not be the right type of game, but it just looks cool. Sometimes like, I just want to see it. I gotta give this one to Devolver. They're handling it. <laughs> Angerfoot. A like I did first like person shooter, except you kick people. I I did like that one. I like games such as you know because like Doom and Dusk are very fast paced FPS games, which yes I think should be every FPS game. Every F- FPS game should make you genuinely play as the hero in an unstoppable way where there's still things obviously that can stop you in your tracks but it doesn't prevent you from enjoying the game for how fast like the being at a very fast pace and just feel like you can just mow down enemies through enemies is just it's just a nice feeling because it's just like man i really cannot be like destroyed like i i'm wrecking through all these you know whatever creatures these uh these enemies and it's just it just feels great games like i think wolfenstein would kind of turn me away from like the new order it was very slow pace it wasn't as fast paced as like doom or dusk where it's just it's just even wolfenstein youngblood which we played was a lot faster than Mm -hmm. the new order that seemed to kind of pander around the that old gaming trope where you have to walk next to the ammo and press a button to pick up every little thing exactly um i gotta say angerfoot kind of reminded me of like a first person hotline miami it kind of had i don't know if it was because of the animals or whatever but it did kind of give me that vibe it, it did i just the the main design of the character looked very weird 
I'll, I'll say the least. I really like the the crocodile enemies because it reminds me of a of a certain you know enemy type. Of a, of a, I was thinking the games. same thing. Literally the same thing. <laughs> I I so I'm pretty interested in this one. It, it it's kind of a it looks like a funny fun game to me at least. I, I'm interested in it. It absolutely looks like something that Devolver would publish because they always take these nice chances on the more on the games that feel more out there or zany. I think the guy who made Brofus designed this one too. I think that's what it said. Oh, okay. The guy who brought you Brofus or Broforce from the guy Broforce. There yeah, I go. remember that was on like the door that he came. Yeah, in, yeah, right? that, it was the guy who brought you Broforce. I was like, okay, so we got an established someone who's who's already done a couple of games, so it should it should be pretty good. Next up, they showed Card Shark. Now this game, I believe, is out already. Mm-hmm. Um, Card Shark is is a game about playing cards but it's not necessarily a game where you play cards so i believe like um i was hearing i think it was laura off podquisition was mm-hmm. talking about card sharks and how it's a game where you are learning how to cheat at cards and using the tricks of cheating at cards to win and it's kind mm-hmm. of like a story based around that so i don't necessarily think it's a game where you're sitting there and playing card games no. but i think it's a game that's teaching you how to like do wrong things with it, cards here, here, to, to win here's the thing is that i believe those those tactics and and sort of sneaky ways are real They're, they exist but i guess what people don't tell you is that people have figured them out and they can clearly tell when you're doing it or not so it's one of those things where yeah you may think like oh this is like a tutorial on how to do it i wouldn't recommend trying to do this in real life because there's people that do this for a living and they can tell what when you and when you're not cheating because you know that's what they're kind of you know to do they kind of can tell when someone's cheating yeah. at a game like this. So it definitely feels like it makes sense that the game takes place in an older mm. day and not the modern day. Like I like the look of it. I like the very thick outlines and, yeah. and the way the characters have been designed in this. Um, might be something I'd check out on a sale at some point, but it's not something that's like immediately on my on my radar. It just it does fit in with Devolver's like quirkiness. It shouldn't be that expensive even for it being new, but. Yeah, it's probably 15 bucks or thereabouts. Now, the next one, I might even be more excited about this than Cult of the Lamb. It's called The Plucky Squire. It it starts out as like one type of game and then does like a whole bunch of platforming, like going out of a storybook and then going on to like a coffee cup or like it looks like there was a punch out gameplay section. I was excited for this after the trailer. But then I learned that this is from James Turner, who designed a lot of Pokemon and was the art director for Sword and Shield. He he had recently left the company to make his new studio, and this is their game. So there's a lot of, like, background stuff here for, for people to get excited mm. about. On top of it looking like just a wild, like, super fun experience. I mean, it's pretty now. It's pretty interesting to really take what you've already uh, worked on and try your own thing. That ha- this actually been happening a lot recently, where someone who's worked on a, a well-established franchise will move on and try. We see it with Callisto Protocol. Exactly, it's like they work on a various uh, well-established franchise, but then try their own thing. Which I think, you know, there's nothing against doing that. There's nothing that say they can't do that. It's it's their experience. They can do what they want with it. But I mean. You'll probably give it a shot. I don't know if I'll I'll, I'll take a look at it, but maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in the mood for a game like this, but I don't want your bog standard basic platformer. Mm. I'm I'm looking for ideas like this that are just so out of the box, and I feel, as always, like Devolver is the place you want to go 
for your indie games. If you're interested in getting into indie games, Devolver's usually got something new and unique that hasn't I mean, been done they before. I mean, they didn't want to show it at Dusk, right? Or was that Limited they, Run? No, Limited Run showed limited Dusk. Limited Run. But Devolver what showed Fall show? Guys there because go. before, before um, Epic Games bought Mediatonic, Devolver was the publisher for, for Fall Guys. Yeah. So that a whole entire thing spawned from devolver exactly i know there's something they showed that i i was pretty like i enjoyed it yeah and then of course last year they had um inscription that that roguelike card game that looked like it was a n64 thing that ended up being more than just a card game it won so many awards last year in the in the beginning of this year oh, that, like, I, remember. I almost i wish it was on switch or, or ps5 but it's like stuck on pc but that's another one that like completely blew expectations that was shown at this devolver conference uh last year anyhow last thing they showed before as usual on a devolver <laughs> thing everything blows up and and becomes chaos is they showed skate story a skateboarding looks like almost like a third person platformer where you play as like a glass demon and everything from the music to the tone of this trailer gave me like a really chill vibe, mm-hmm. but it also looks very fun, stylish, and and interesting. Right along here with this other like this very eclectic group of games that they showed. It's probably going to say hopefully this one's not as a uh, not as not say a disappointment, but not like Skatebird, where obviously I think you were pretty looking for you're looking. Mm, yeah, Skatebird was kind of touted as like a pro skater, but also bird mm-hmm. whereas this seems like it's more on rails at least that's the vibe i get from yeah. the trailer I, hopefully this is a, a skate game i think you hopefully enjoy and it does bring a lot of uh it hits the mark for most things you want in a skating game overall i thought devolver had a really good showing but devolver always just has a really good show to go along with it like i'm never disappointed by their brand of weirdness mm-hmm. their adult swim william street-esque type stuff Alright, so, in the interest of time, we're actually going to save Microsoft and Bethesda and some of Capcom for uh, next week's episode, but we thought it prominent to talk about this one as soon as possible, because it's big. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a must. Resident Evil Village is getting some DLC. Mm-hmm. It's getting some Mercenaries upgrade, mm-hmm. you know, plays Heisenberg, Chris, Lady Dimitrescu. It's getting a new story starring mm-hmm. Rose, you know, that takes place 16 years after the events of Village. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, most importantly. The big one. And I don't know who to thank for this. Capcom, Sega, whoever. Third person mode is coming to Resident Evil Village. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, we, you're not, we're not going to just like scream. But I, I'll let you know that the, the hype for this and the anticipation and the sort of happiness that went through both of our ends is just it's just amazing because i know you know you didn't want to try eight at first but then you're just like i'll give it a try which you end up enjoying but you really did wish there was a third person mode there was a third person game and maybe someone at you know capcom they were just like you know people really want a third person mode let's just do it i was definitely more hyped about that than even new content and Reverse. Reverse is getting launched the oh, same day, yeah. which they showed almost nothing of, and they have not communicated what that game is has become Even since about. all the feedback. Uh, like, is it is it going to be good? 
Who cares? We got good. third person mode in Resident Evil Village, baby. I think I think we better than the than the one for the than resist than the asymmetrical. Yeah, than the one from three. It it'd be better than that. Um. So the new Rose DLC all takes place in third person. They have confirmed. But what okay. I want to know is, can you play mercenaries in third person? Because that would be a game changer. I'm gonna say they didn't say anything about that. So I'm kind of like yeah, they're not on team. Either. Probably not. Yeah, but. Would be a Christmas miracle in October. If anyone's gonna do it, it's Capcom. They'll do it. If if everyone asks, like, can we please get it in third person? They'll do it. They'll they'll find a way to to make it work. But I mean, talk about third person and that it works. It just works. I believe what made it work. I'll say this is I believe there was a mod for the PC version for it to be in third person mm-hmm. to show that it, it can be done. And I, I believe enough people were probably were interested in it, and they were just like, "We could just do this and just make it, and just it's DLC. Like, why not? Like, people seem to want it." I'm definitely interested in seeing how the cutscenes will change too. Like some of the cutscenes where it's like, "This is a first-person game. It's meant to do the whole 3D monster coming at your face thing." I'm wondering how those will look, or if they're going to touch those up, or just slightly shift the camera around, or something like that. But I say it. I really, really would prefer. If maybe seven got a third person mode, I think that would have been one that, that would be you cool. could have been more interested in that one. Um, I I guess the the only drawback to the village DLC situation is that it's coming out on October twenty eighth, so it's it's not going to be out in time for us to do Tales from the Map no. on Resident Evil Village again this year. <laughs> oh um, boy! But that's not all. That's not all, gamers. Uh, Resident Evil Seven. 2 Remake and 3 Remake all got next-gen PS5 versions yesterday. They feature ray tracing at what looks to be 48, just like, uh, 48 frames, just like Village, or 60 without ray tracing, or even 120 frames, which probably runs at 1080p like Devil May Cry 5. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of new options. Trophies will auto-pop if you've collected Platinums on the PS4 versions. It didn't pop for you? No, I never got the Plat. Did you transfer your save? I did, but I didn't get the Plat. So none of the the other trophies I even collected were showing up. That's weird. It should have popped all the ones that you had gotten. That is weird. All mine did was pop a gold and then the platinum for each one. And then I looked at the list and they were all there. Maybe but that's I, maybe weird I how it didn't. Look at it. No, mm. I didn't get them because then I was playing the intro and then I got a trophy for something that I know I've already done. Like, I've done this. So I was like, why is there a trophy popping up? So are you sure you transferred your save over? I did. As soon as I transferred my save over is when my trophy popped. No, because I, I put continued and it continued for the last time I was playing it. And I was like in the beginning of another gameplay. I was like, oh, I was already in the middle of already a new gameplay. So I was like, might as well just continue from where I'm at. That's weird. I didn't even log into a file before mine auto pop. interesting huh it's always something with these trophies sega? i still don't have trophies in borderlands 3 those were supposed to auto pop. listen here sega <laughs> if i don't get my plan i'm in resident evil we're gonna have a problem oh sega 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 <laughs> so we we still have a microsoft and bethesda conference mm-hmm. and a bit more of capcom to discuss but in in the because we have our recording hour we we will save those for a part three an unbelievable part three of the not e3 fest oh man um because we still have a pokemon drip and a nintendo direct rumor of all things here on on this year episode interesting um so let's take a look at koga from pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee he is a poison type gym leader in a ninja outfit mm-hmm. i will say for a ninja Purple definitely works. It works. I've and I'm not gonna lie. A color that I've been liking recently is purple. I think purple is a really nice color. I got the like purple PS5 control. I think it's purple right now. Is just I think 
a, a color I enjoy right now, and this is like already making me enjoy it. But uh, since it's it is kind of restricted to be a ninja outfit, it can't be too glamoury. It can't be too much because obviously that's the you know what's the point of being a ninja if you're just going to be sticking out like a sore thumb. So does it? Well, I'll tell you what does stick out is the red scarf. Yeah, it's very striking. It's what you see. But see, things like that are done on purpose. If it's just like. There's nothing you can see, but let's say you someone wore all black, but there's a mask they wear. The whole point of wearing that colorful mask is because that's something that's distinct that people will see and they know fear of. Like they they wear a uh, a red mask that is you know red as you know as you know what they draw from their enemies. It's just sort of like that stuff will distinctively get people to talk about them. So maybe the red scarf obviously is for that. Like people like he wears a you know a very shiny red scarf that people can obviously automatically see from a distance and just understand who this person is because you know stories and and tales you know they they travel pretty quick and it definitely seems like koga would be one of those people that they tell tales about because i don't know he's the fifth gym leader so Mm -hmm. he's like not 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 the best but also like he's he's up there in the top four of the kanto region it's sort of like oh you're in the top 10 but you're number nine so it's like oh you're number nine was yeah but i'm in the top 10 of overall like these are the best of the best like if you're gonna see any of them it's the top like five like that's where you're gonna see like where Mm -hmm. they're gonna go in the top five they can switch from place to place they they have their days and they have and they don't have their days it's sort of like it can be switched around here and there yeah and obviously we're talking about canon because (laughs) anybody who's played pokemon would tell you that you could beat all the gym leaders with your starter pokemon but this is canon this is real world yeah real world pokemon stuff (laughs) now is it drip i'm gonna say this is one of the most stylish ninja suits i've ever Mm -hmm. seen and go ahead and give it a four badoofs out of five i'm I'm telling you man i I go back and i look at uh, all the ones we've done and i'd be like some of them grow on me and some of them uh degrow me like some of them like yeah I, i don't think that's good and a lot of them really do just grow on me. We might have to do a mm-hmm. a, a quick list at the very end of this. A re-review. Yeah, a or re-review. an episode that's Pokemon drip tier list or Probably, something. Maybe. That would be fun. <laughs> anyway, we got Nintendo Direct rumor. It's written in all lowercase on this paper. Mm. It feels like somebody who's just had enough has written this. It says, so there is a... Donkey Kong 3D platformer coming out, but here's the catch. Mm-hmm. It takes place in space. <laughs> okay. All right. It takes place in space. Now, I like that. Do we have zero gravity? <laughs> hear, hear me out. The, the Labo's been, been being made, right? Now, uh-huh. I recall a certain uh, uh, instrument set that came out during the GameCube. Let's say there are a couple of uh, drum sets. Let's say there are a certain you know set that Donkey Kong is even able to play. A bongo set. Oh. What if a bongo? They make another bongo set with the labos, and now you have to do it just like how that that version did. You gotta clap your hands with the bongos because the the new Nintendo uh, Switch Joy-Con has a built-in microphone that can uh, hear claps. Robert, that was the most Nintendo sentence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you got to build come on build him back home, hear the claps and then you gotta, you gotta hit the bongos gotta make him you know beat him up on the on the bad guys i like that it fits with nintendo having like wild peripherals for things um it it makes labo relevant again because i know they only made four sets i've not built any of them 
but I would build these bongos to play a Donkey Kong game in space. Now, is this a survival horror game platformer? Or is this going to be, like, tonally the same? Yeah. (laughs) Or is this going to be the same as, like, the same tone as your average Donkey Kong game? Are we going to have some horror elements in here? Like, some aliens and Callisto Protocol-esque action scenes with, you know, Donkey Kong characters? It's probably going to be one of those where it's going to be... A, a psych out and it's going to be k rule is going to return or maybe it's a different enemy maybe it's k rule uh, long distance. i'm sorry you say k rule it's actually going to be space k rule captain uh actually no it's still captain they still call him captains ensign k rule he's just an ensign <laughs> science officer k rule i'm just going off star trek i'm trying i'm trying to think of what what's another term for an astronaut maybe it could be a crossover with light year light year maybe Ah, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm telling you, I'm having such a a a a, a blank space. I know. I'm trying to think of stuff too. It, no, it's like, all I've got I going on through my term. head is like the Star Trek terms, or like yes, there's a captain, there's a lieutenant, there's an ensign, there's a science officer. It's I'm trying. Like, I'm trying. But to those think are of all things that happen that. everywhere. I'm trying to think of a certain term that is used for 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 space people that's that'll be his name we'll we'll figure it out and you know what you could call this donkey kong game in space you you know what you could call this donkey kong game in space you could call it donkey cosmos mic drop donkey kong odyssey no see that was the first thing that came (laughs) through my head but (laughs) but i was like no because there's already mario odyssey so they could call this donkey cosmos or donkey kong cosmos but like donkey cosmos you know the cosmos space the final frontier these are the adventures of the donkey kong family aboard the starship kong ship their mission to explore strange new worlds for bananas they'll probably look for bananas then you cue the classic theme anyway so we got more summer games fest to cover including a big microsoft and bethesda conference where they showed starfield and everything as well as a little more from Mm -hmm. capcom so that'll be next week along with probably some initial impressions on shredder's revenge or whatever else we've been playing but for right now robert would you say we've done an episode yeah that's your wrap up what we've had a long list of so it's like we'll get to that stuff but yeah that should wrap definitely up. took longer than yeah. i thought but i <laughs> i thought we had some good about. insights here <laughs> well, i should wrap it up for this uh, week all right so for right now we want to thank you all so much for listening please listen to us on uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and our podbean site and follow our twitter at markers on the map We are on the way to the 100th episode here, so we're going to have a few other special episodes planned pretty soon, Um, but for right now, we're Midsummer Games Fest coverage. So for right now, though, there's not much left to say this week, except for the fact, and it is a fact, that the real Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.